and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 82. I am Eric Berger, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hi, we're finally back. My fault. Polar Run got in the way. And he didn't tell us about it. Eh. I, lo- I have a calendar, and I maintain it, but yeah, I rarely look a he, week ahead. He tells us, like, after we're done recording the episode, I think it was, like, back at his house, like, watching a movie, and then... No, it's, like, <laughs> it's one of those times where it's, like, you're walking through the desert, and you see a mirage. It's, like, me walking through the house, and then my band's just, like... Oh, oh, that's the I'm thing. gone this weekend. <laughs> Podcasts are on the weekend. Should probably tell Ryan. <laughs> <clears throat> and then pat the rest as they say it's history. So yeah, the confusing uh, Wednesday episode on Saturday. I just split it out to try to make it a little more consistent for the weekend listeners, and so somebody had things to listen to on Monday morning. There we go. But yeah, back two episodes this week, and uh, business as usual. Hopefully, for a while. Yes, hopefully. Um, Anyway, beer, we have none. You have a shamrock shake, and I have a vanilla latte. Yep. Uh, it is just barely on the edge of too early for me to be drinking beer, so. Yeah, I uh, I got here actually at 9 a.m. I was doing some differential fluid changes on uh, Scott's Element. Oh, fun. Long overdue. So that was here, and then I just cleaned up the garage a bunch. And yeah, now I'm downing a murder-sized shamrock shake. The life ooze of February. Yes, it's true. used to be March, but now it's February, so it's okay, whatever. Uh, Easter creep. <laughs> to be fair, or uh, St. Patty's Day creep, I guess. I don't know. Damn long ass trying to take Easter away from Jesus. So Easter is like my least favorite holiday, because to me as a Jewish person, it's a random day sometime in spring where everything's closed. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know when it's, I don't know what month it's here, April or March. It's one of those things that old people will yeah. respond to, like, oh, it's Easter weekend. I'm like, dude. Nobody knows when Easter weekend is. Like, I don't know when Memorial Day is. Like, don't use that. Like, tell me September 10th. Well, then we have this, like, weird holiday creep thing. So now I've got, like, anxiety from, like, <laughs> day after Valentine's Day until whenever it happens that I just I'm have some stuff planned that I'm not going to be able to do. Someone <laughs> growing up in the church, you can go to church every Sunday and yeah. still not know when Easter is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, uh, I I was in the church for 18 years. I actually, I uh, a couple of years ago, I hosted a Japanese nostalgia car meet. Uh, I was doing weekends. And I hosted one on Easter, and I totally forgot it was Easter. And, and so it was a really interesting, like, cross-section of people. <laughs> well, it, it was all the Jewish people that were, like, in Japanese nostalgia <laughs> cars, like, local Facebook group. Sure. And then, like, all the Hmong people that, like, so that practiced monk shamanism. Yeah. And then, like, a couple of atheists. And, like, that's exactly who it was. No Christians that just didn't know Zero. or didn't care? Well, they're all doing family stuff. They're all stuck in, like, family things. So, like, I, I had no idea. And somebody told, okay. somebody told me, oh, it was weird that you hosted a Carmi on Easter. I'm like, today's Easter? <laughs> and then he was like, oh, that's why Jana offered to bring candy after oh. she was done with family and, stuff. Uh-oh. And then I'm like... It explains the lack of traffic, too. <laughs> okay. This all makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> Excellent. I would still call that a happy accident. No, it was, it was probably one of the best shows I've ever hosted. It was great. I loved it. Met some really cool dudes. Uh, There's a guy that had a uh, 3.5 liter V6 swapped uh, front-wheel drive Celica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he took some trash and turned it into treasure. He had sold, he had sold his previous project to fund that car. His previous project was an AE-102 Kroll wagon. Okay. With a 20-valve 4AG in it. Is that a black top or a silver top? Uh, silver top. Okay. Five-valve per cylinder. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, I think we should move on to news. Um, Sounds good. So I want to talk about uh, a garage staple. Um, 
if you get into cars early, and especially if you got into them maybe 20 or more years ago, before the advent of the internet and forums, yeah, how you started learning was getting a repair manual. And there are a couple of really, really big companies that do those, did do those, and still do them that are not factory sponsored. So you've got specific ones like Bentley. They make a lot of stuff for, and not the car manufacturer Bentley. It's actually a publication company, Bentley Publishing. They do a lot of stuff for German and Italian cars, and they're known as, you know, a really, really thorough <clears throat> teardown, and they'll go over specifics, you know, like valve lash and things like that, and how things work, mm-hmm. even as far as, like, differential pinion preload. And then yeah, you've got it, things like Chilton's, which is sold over-the-counter at your Car Quest or your O'Reilly, which goes over, like, a glorified owner's manual. It gives you all the information you would get in an owner's manual, plus all the service points, and then a little bit more in-depth with, like, specifications for torque and uh, jobs like head gaskets. Then there's a third one, the Haynes Manuals. I actually, before we get to Haynes, I have a fun fact about Chilton's. Okay. Um, Frank Herbert, the guy who wrote the book Dune, mm-hmm. its original publisher was Chilton's. That's hilarious. He was like super good <laughs> friends with the with the owner of Chilton's, and they used to write in the same pulp fiction or the same pulp uh, science fiction magazine back in the '40s together. I feel like I've heard of. I think Haynes published some really controversial book now that I think of it, too. <laughs> they probably did, like, uh, um, Starship Troopers or something. <laughs> probably. I, I seriously think that, like, I saw... Maybe it was Bentley Publishing. Not not, not to be outdone. <clears throat> I, but it was, like, some, like, uh, car guy memoir or something that, like, no publisher would take. Oh, really? And I think one of these big ones published. Anyway, so Haynes is the other one that you get largely over-the-counter at these auto parts stores. It'll cover, you know, like I said, oil changes. It'll cover, like, head gaskets, valve cover gaskets, things like that. But it won't necessarily cover, like, how to rebuild your transmission. So that is, or at least was, kind of the big crutch. Yeah. If you're in a pinch, you have no idea what you're doing. There's no forums. Or if you're in a rural area where there's no internet, you get the Haynes, you get the Haynes manual. Well, so, actually, the, the cool thing about Haynes is you have wiring diagrams. Uh, some do, a lot don't. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And the diagrams that they do include are usually for fairly basic systems. Okay. Um, things like the Bentley manuals include full ETMs, which That'd are be really, really, cool. really, really cool. Yeah, because um, I remember my Haynes manual saved my life a couple of times with my Supra and okay. with my Civic. Maybe so. with a little more uh, simplistic systems they were able Probably, to throw yeah. them in there. So I'm sure it varies from make to make. But anyway, the, the founder of Haynes just died oh, at no. 80. So 80, that's relatively young. That's yeah. I mean, that's 80s the new 50, right? So well, that's more than the new 70, but yeah, whatever. 60, we'll go Close 60. Enough. Yeah, 60. And yeah. just look how happy that guy is. Oh, I'm gonna take apart these cars and write these manuals. You know, he looks like the kind of guy who would write a car repair manual and wouldn't touch like complex systems like rebuilding transmissions. Actually, yeah. to be fair, I get why he wouldn't do that because if you're at a point with working on your car where you need a Haynes manual, you yep. probably should not be touching your transmission. Probably not. He looks like he would own a Chevy Volt if he was still around now. So. Yeah, th- There's another thing that's weird about Haynes manuals. So they split models really, really weirdly. Yeah. So, like, they put the EA Civic with the EF Civic. Like my, so with my wiring diagram issue. Um, when the EA Civic... Was this own like kind of weird mid eighties thing? What is an EA Civic? It's a eighty three through eighty seven. So it predated the EF. Yeah, it's the one okay. right before the EF. Um, but they they combined that with the EF, even though it was like 
totally different suspension, totally yeah. different engine, totally different, like, everything. They, right. Nothing was – they looked – they physically looked alike. <laughs> but mechanically, it's a completely <clears throat> different car. Um, so and, a lot of redundant input, but, potentially. But, but, but then they had, like, the EG Civic – and like I think it was like the EG something like the Prelude or something like, and then like the EK with like the Integra. It's just like why didn't you put the '88 through 2007 together and mechanically identical? That's put really all weird. the Integras together and then put like the last two generations of Prelude together. It'd make that. That's how it would make sense. And then you take like the EA Civic and you combine that with the first gen Integra, maybe. <clears throat> I guess but, the only ones I've looked through have been BMW manuals, and it's kind of the opposite problem where they don't cover like the E31. It's like there's an early and a late Haynes E30 manual, and their cars are almost identical, other than like exterior looks. So that's yeah. kind of a bummer. But well, like I remember with my Civic one, I was just like reading through it just to get like some vacuum diagram, vacuum diagrams, and they're like, "Here's a mechanical advance distributor on the Honda Civic up to February." of 1987 and here is the electronic advance as of like n- like december of 1988 and it's just like uh what <laughs> <laughs> like what's where, where's this the 88 the early 88s with the mechanical advance distribution it's just really weird <laughs> that's best not to ask questions that's yeah probably what they would say but yeah no that's, that's, that's sad a bummer, though. i mean i i didn't really use the manuals all that much because i had to mainly go with bentley's just because i needed those electrical diagrams and things like that but still sad nonetheless for yeah, something that he, he so many a... of us got you know started on yeah so. he helped a lot of people um well i got some good news okay um after i take a sip of my coffee <laughs> that sounds good i will uh, also take a sip of my shamrock shake and while you're mm. taking a sip of your shamrock shake i should remind everybody to uh Subscribe to our Patreon and donate to us to help us create more fantastic co- uh, content and fun burgers, shamrock shakes. Nah, it's just funny Ryan's beer. Yep. Uh, anyway, so uh, what I wanted to talk about, though, was a story from Reuters, actually, so we know it's actually true. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> the French government invested uh, $790 million into EV battery tech That's to help cool. the country advance... Uh, they're EV tech. Mechanical advance or vacuum advance? Uh, uh vacuum. <laughs> cool. Let's go with that. Um, so the reason they did that is currently all of the EV batteries are being made either in China or South Korea, if I'm not mistaken. Or the United States, no. That's with, true. With the Gigafactory. With the Gigafactory, but that's not really being used Ooh, by... Ooh, look at this. Nouvelle battery. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um... <laughs> <laughs> But it, so it smokes like a Citroen. What, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get European cars weaned off of foreign uh, dependence. That's smart. And especially with the EU, it makes a lot of sense because places like Bulgaria, you know, you can set up manufacturing plants and then give like the five people under the age of 100 that left in <laughs> Bulgaria a job other than taking care of said old people in Bulgaria. And they can gentrify Bulgaria. It'll be great. I think we should... Bulgaria is a, go- a beautiful country. I'd love to gentrify Bulgaria. It's just they have zero infrastructure right now because everybody's 100 years old. Like, every single person in Bulgaria is a, a veteran of World War One. Is that country just going to disappear when those people die? <laughs> like, they they are the fastest depopulating country in the world. Yeah, I know we've talked it, about that. On top of that, they've been a numbers, brain drain. I can, I just learned this in environmental biology. So if you give me the numbers, I can figure it out because I'm now an expert on the subject. 
There we about go. when it will disappear. Yes. Cool. When will Bulgaria disappear? <laughs> These are bummer. the things we really need to learn about. So this, this is what I'll bring up in my uh, presentation. This can be your thesis topic. Yeah. But a fun <laughs> fact: it is very cheap to live in Bulgaria. No way. So, yeah. So I mean, we could all just move to Bulgaria and get houses for very cheap. But I got a house for cheap here. Yeah, but this is in Bulgaria, and they need our help and money. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> What I found interesting about this is, um, so France is really kind of giving their automotive sector the kick in the butt that it needs, because France, it's always been that Germany invented the car and France perfected it. Um, meanwhile, America is doing absolutely nothing with EV tech. And in fact, we're stifling it because we're getting rid of the EV tax credits and stuff to get people to not buy them. I disagree. What is what's the American government? We sell doing? by far the most EVs, and we have the what's most our... innovative EV company in the world. Yeah, but what's our government doing to help? You said EV companies, uh, not right. government. Oh well, the, with the given the context of the French government investing, we've still got some momentum from the Obama presidency. Okay, good. So, so once yeah, that. once Trump is able to completely fuck our country, there's my bomb. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that that'll be bad. But by that point, we won't need incentives. That's good. Yeah, because. What I'm actually not really afraid of, uh, but that my mental picture in my head was GM needs another bailout because they didn't invest enough money in EVs. <laughs> meanwhile, we and are all... four-cylinder Silverados are getting worse MPGs than their v <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and meanwhile, we're all happily puttering along in our Citroëns, which does not seem like a bad idea at all. I'm 100% on board with that. Well, I, gas just needs to get expensive again. A lot of this stuff will figure It'll itself explode, out. It'll explode, yeah. So... Yeah, I, that will probably happen at some I, point. I'm sure it will. We're due for a recession, so. Yeah, we are. Yay, recession. Whatever. That'll be fine. Anyway. I love how that, that photo in this article is from a 2016 auto show. It's a stock photo. <laughs> it's Reuters. <laughs> like, but it is from a... Uh, um, a French guy. Renault, yeah. yeah uh, it's actually... Yeah, it's from Renault. But, um, no, uh, Peugeot, Citroën, Alliance, actually, they are getting the most money. I oh, think Peugeot, French. Renault, and Volvo should get back together and redeem themselves from the DeLorean engine. I concur. <laughs> but then that's going to be the whole Chinese <laughs> company thing that uh, France is all salty about already. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I, I, it wasn't even that long ago that we saw somebody had actually spotted some Renaults like, puttering around in Detroit again, okay. right? It was Corey. It was no, in that Colorado. Was, that was a Mexico car oh was, i'm yeah. talking about like actual like test oh yeah you're right yeah that i think are Ooh, pardon shamrock shakes are very gassy apparently but no i i think we were supposed to get the cactus or something like that i would C4. love to have the cactus that'd it's be perfect. great that's a great i, I want a cactus that'd be great <sighs> anyway let's uh let's talk about new york police okay so you when you drive, do you use any uh, GPS system or anything what, like whatever that? Whatever I have Jana do while I'm frantically not trying to get <laughs> T-boned by a semi-truck. See, we're actually just a rally team. And yeah, we really are. I'm the, I'm the, you know, the code. The navigator? The navigator. Okay. So do you use software then? I use Waze. Okay, perfect. So this story is actually about Waze. I'm really glad you actually brought that up because it works perfectly as a segue into my yeah, story. I, lo I love Waze because it's the only um, like map that gets me to my place of work without trying to get me through that street that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, nice. Does because, Google Maps not do that? Uh, no, it takes... Uh, like, cause, That's weird. They uh, run on the same engine. Yeah, because of the snow, um, like 
a lot of my coworkers have been afraid to drive, so they've been taking Uber, and their Ubers keep on getting lost <laughs> because of this mysterious road, whereas, like, ways you can edit the location, and I think I've done that a few times. It always gets me they're better it's not perfect but it's i do better. like how in ways you can actually go in and like close a road mm -hmm. that isn't there if yep. you if you are one of the yeah. like the kingways or whatever but the story is about new york police getting pissed at google which owns ways because the user controlled data that's being accrued yeah. by this is actually giving people heads up when there are dui checkpoints up ahead and so they're able to get off the road and that's get hilarious. around these checkpoints and the police are just ass mad about this. And it's just absolutely hilarious that they're trying to censor this global social driving network app. That's really love the, Which we all love so much. Yeah, <laughs> I love the police function. And it's not because, like, I'm disobeying the law necessarily. Right. Oh, I take stuff all the time. Like, it's no. because, like, you know, sometimes when there's police, it means there has been an accident or... Right something and it just means like hey slow down there's gonna be idiots that see a cop and slam on their brakes in the yeah. middle of the highway it tells you what to expect yeah. as opposed to just like i'm just trying to save people a lot of money on their car insurance yeah and like cops. when i do I'm, use... I'm just trying to <laughs> save people from having to sit in traffic yeah. <laughs> so like i don't know what it is but like i live off of normandale which is highway 100 and whenever i go from normandale to highway 100 for whatever freaking reason, it's like right by the nearest gas station. Mm -hmm. So people run out of gas on the highway <laughs> all the time, but they don't go over to the proper shoulder. Sure. They always stop in the left lane or <laughs> in the middle of the road. Very and safe. One time Ryan was with me when this happened, but somebody that was getting pulled over stopped in the middle lane. On 100. Parked. On 100. This wasn't on even 100. On, wasn't even on Norbandale yet. It was on like Highway 100. Yeah, an actual like highway. And if you're not from Minnesota, Highway 100 is not like a rural country bumpkin highway. No. Highway 100 is like the 404 LA. Like it's it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a highway highway. Like, like it's, it's, it's a, she's a bacon. Yeah, it's like it's a main thoroughfare like for that is impressive. Suburbs. I've actually yeah. seen a couple people over this winter with cars that are not disabled that have stopped in traffic lanes, put their hazards on, and have started like snow brushing their windows outside of their car. Oh, I've, no. I've seen it on two occasions. But yeah, so like, that, that's just uh, survival of the fittest at that point. Like, I <laughs> and I, I'm, I don't want to like draw yeah. you know boundaries of who these people are, but I believe they're maybe from the area near Augsburg. Uh, you mean they drive crossovers? Yes, they drive crossovers. Yes, they're crossover crossovers. drivers. Yep, yep, they drive uh, crossovers. But yeah, so like sometimes I'll just use Waze because like 100 will go really well from where I'm driving. Yeah. But when I hit Edina, it just goes to a sudden halt and it like doubles my traffic time. Sure. Oh my and God. so the other day Dime. I was dumb <laughs> and did not have Waze on, and there was a Jana, car Jana, Jana. that was stopped on 100 right after the stoplight. So, like, you didn't have enough time to, like, get out of this way. Hey, Jenna. And they were getting towed. One second. Uh, for our listeners that, again, aren't familiar with the yeah. area, 100, although it's a four-lane highway, after, once it gets to Bloomington, because it has about two miles left for, before it gets to basically a, a giant, like, cliff, um, it turns into a two-lane each direction Oh yeah, like yeah. South main of road, yeah, yeah, like boulevard. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to, I want to, I want to specify yeah. that for you. So yeah. like clarify. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, when I was leaving the stoplight, there's this giant tow truck. A sh- like, not even a policeman. It was, like, sheriff. And, you know. At least it wasn't a rent-a-cop. Yeah, but even with the <laughs> even with the emergency <laughs> <Paul> vehicle <laughs> with way. its lights on and the tow truck with its lights on, people still d- couldn't see that this car was in the left lane stopped right after a stoplight. And it's like you could have turned off to the gas station conveniently located downhill from I where you are. I hate people so much. Yeah, so I almost rear-ended a cop the other day. That was fun. <laughs> but yeah, things like, yeah, having ways will really help you avoid situations like that because it, it's, it, you need to know kind of what you're coming up to. Because again, it's like I said before, you know, coming to exclamation point, it can be construction, yeah. it can be a, you know, somebody that's pulled over in the central lane, mm-hmm. it can be, you know, a car on the side of the road. But if you actually have a little police hat, you go, okay, I should probably slow down because A, I know for a fact there would be people that are either in the middle of a lane yeah. or extremely near a lane. Right. Or, I have to worry that maybe they might be pulling out in front of me. If it's a construction thing, you know, okay, cool. There's going to be a lane shut down. I mm-hmm. should probably pay attention to what lane shut down. And there's going to be a lot more light that's visible. A police car, you're not going to see all much. You see the flashing lights on one yeah. side of the road yeah. or, in Jan's case, the center of the road. And, again, that's a really hilly area, too. So yes. if you're, You need that, yeah. If I mean, you could come over that hill at the speed limit, and it would be potentially difficult. I guess oh, n- yeah. New York police are just probably salty because it's like you never get over 10 miles an hour in the city of New York. <laughs> so, like, they don't understand that other, other places in the world have issues. Our stream computer just told me it's low on disk space. Weird. Uh, okay, sorry guys. I do have to look into this because I don't want the recording to fail. Um, but okay. yeah, so like that's what I use Waze for because I live in a very hilly area and I you can't see what's ahead of you. Like the other day when it wasn't too terribly snowy, but it was snowy, there were six cars that spun out in a span of a quarter mile in Normandale. Um. Yeah, that was pretty so bad. I remember that, that. Was, that was terrible. Waze would have told me about that. I actually reported that on Waze because I was like, what the fuck is did, going on? Did you forget to plug in something? No. Um, the hard drive wasn't showing up. However, it says we have 4.5 megabytes of free disk space right now. So it hasn't failed recording, but I'm guessing it will. Oh. So what I'm doing is I'm going to take all the old episodes off and throw them on the external. Clever. Uh, this thing must have a tiny main drive. Yeah, it's 111 gig. <clears throat> okay, 128 SSD. Fine, whatever. It's fine. But anyway, yeah. I, Why don't you just go buy a 1T ter- uh, hard drive for like 10 bucks now? Because uh, it's not $10. Yeah, sorry, 25 or whatever so there. So much on equipment. I'm just That's not fair. doing it anymore right now. That's totally fair. Um, but yeah, Paul Blart needs to get his head out of his ass and stop yeah. messing with Waze. Yes. Because they, like, they demanded to Google that they like disable features on Waze. That's so stupid. What? It's like, no, that's not that's happening. That's not happening. That's not how this like, works. I get you're trying to catch drunk drivers. That's an admirable goal. They're not going to stop tagging stuff. Just do your job better. Do you remember? Do you remember the big burly cop that took a stripper and um, yes. did the right thing? Yeah, that, <laughs> How that's could a, I forget. That's that's the guy that's complaining. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, and like, are drunk people even using Waze? No, are that's the thing. Like, enough? if you are with it enough to open Waze, look at the entire route ahead, which you will have to do to see yeah. this. 
and not crash on the way. Like, yeah, you're clearly like not you are drunk. not that drunk. Yeah, like there's the, the ways is not the issue here. Because I mean, ways when you're driving down the road, it will notify you police ahead. Yes. But like, it's like a half a mile. The odds of you being able to exit and avoid that in a half a mile if you're loaded while driving, very very yeah, low. very rare. So. Uh, even then, like in New York City, where it takes a half mile to get from one lane to the next, like yeah, you're. <laughs> that's you, could not just, you could just basically sleep it off in traffic. You really could. Uh, you'll call... get to you'll get to the DUI <laughs> checkpoint sober. Um, we should call Johnny Langholz and see how he he feels about this. Yeah, it's Mr. Langholz. <laughs> anyway, let's. Um, I want to talk about some more police related okay. sort of things. Uh, Mention, you mentioned uh, Jerry Seinfeld before you had to do Polar Run and always see Polar left. Oh, yeah, with his, yeah. Well, we talked all, about his all, auction. All left wondering about Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. So uh, there have not been any updates. However, I will go over the specifics okay. uh, Perfect. people. Yeah. Um, so it all stems around uh, 1958 Porsche 356A 1500 GSGT Carrera Speedster. That's a really long name. but that Yes, it is. That exact model designation is extremely important for hmm. why this is a big deal. So, um, that 356A, they only made about 30 of those cars. Sure. Um, that were 1500 GS Carrera Speedsters with the GT package. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, back in 2016, sold off a large chunk of his collection. I imagine he was just like making space or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, he sold this for $1.54 million uh, at Amelia, Amelia Island to a car collection called Fika Frio. Um, I've, I did some research on Fika Frio. I could not find mu- anything really about them. So uh, I do know that they're in the uh, Channel Islands on the coast of France and England. Is That's where they're really? based out of. Yeah. I know so, Frio means cold in Italian. Um, there you go. So I'm guessing the man is probably cold. Should get him some Mastrio. blankets. That's probably why Salty thought he came with a heater and it just didn't. And I just <clears throat> can never use this Porsche. It's cold garbage. <laughs> um, so, anyway, Fika Frio says that the car is not an actual GSGT. That's just a GS with all the GT stuff put on afterwards, which makes a big difference because there, there are, although there are 30 actual GSGTs, there are a pretty sizable chunk of the GSs have been switched, have been converted to GTs. And that is the two cam to the four cam? No, it's a four cam. They're both four cam because all the Carreras are four cams at that point. Um, That one, if I'm not mistaken, has larger brakes. It's like a track package sort of thing. So this is like the people just adding the factory parts on to the car. After the fact, yep. As opposed to it actually coming as a GT, which that's what makes it important. Anybody can just add the parts on. It's the fact that it came from the factory like that. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, in his defense, said, yeah, he will totally refund the cost. All he has to say, hey, can you show me some proof so I know what's going on with it? And then Fika Frio never responded. That's tacky. They never did anything. And then he just gets hit with a lawsuit from them. I've had things like that. Not to that severity, obviously, but like I've sold things and like people are like, is this like this? I'm like... Uh, I don't know. Send me a picture and I'll let you know. And then, yeah, they'll come back just like fuming mad. Not again, not with a lawsuit in my case, but just like, dude, just bring it back and I'll give you back your money because I don't know what's going on here, but I have no idea what you have in your hands right now. And if it's wrong, then I'll take it back. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like at the end of the day, even if it's just a GS, like it's still an awesome car. But the difference is 
instead of a $1.54 million car, it would then be like a $600,000 car. Oh, oh, shame. Well, I mean, you're losing. It's a million-dollar swing in value. I get that. That's a huge deal. But, I mean, all right, so screwed. but this all comes down to Fika Frio because, you know, Jerry Seinfeld just – he's – I don't think he would do something like that. I don't think so either. He's too high – profile yeah like he's got nothing to get and that's actually one of the things his lawyer said was like what does jerry have to gain like right like he has way more to lose than to gain from this it's like jay leno selling like a persang bugatti saying this is a real type 35 it's like no no it's a persang it's it's a good car but like dude what the hell i'm guessing seinfeld probably owns some converted or modified cars as well yeah and and they're probably advertised as such when he bought them and or when he sold them so so. yeah what what jerry seinfeld said was that he's like he said if it was fake i would totally take it back and give him give the money back right and all he uses a track car be a great track car like (laughs) actually kind of Nice, because yeah. then you can beat on it. Yeah, he's he's like, I, I literally have no problem with this, if it is. And I will absolutely take it back. They can't have their money. In fact, I could, I'll take care of him, you know, for having to deal with all the shipping and everything. Like, I'll help him out. Like, sure. Jerry Seinfeld's being a total gentleman about this. It looks like all the weights on Fika Frio and their radio silence, because several <laughs> news outlets have tried to contact them, to no avail. Are you saying they've gone cold? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Nice one, Jana. That was a funny one, Jana. Like that, that was pretty great. Um, <laughs> Our level of tacky knows no yes. bounds. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> but we, we're gonna we're gonna keep on this. Uh, we all, uh, you know, at least know, it's it's really hard for me to you know be entirely ob- objective about this because we like Seinfeld. Well, it's the thing. It's like it's yeah, it's so literally it's literally him. Jerry Seinfeld. Like this guy's like disabled my ad blocker. Sure, yeah. Whatever. Um, oh my god. Never mind. Screw this site you've got here. Oh, I thought I had the. I, I thought I had a different one. I'm sorry. No, you're good. But um, yeah, no, it's just like it's Jerry Seinfeld. Like, the guy's like the most lovable dude, and he's I like. I know, and he's a huge Porsche guy. He's a huge Porsche guy. Like he's like the Porsche guy, yeah. arguably. And furthermore, if you've ever seen Jerry Seinfeld like perform or anything or ever be interviewed, yeah, he doesn't have time for the bullshit this would take. No. Like he's he is completely uninterested in doing that. He's got way easier things to do. Like, why would he need to get an extra million dollars? Like, he could sell like one of his like. He's probably got a nine twenty four that's worth that much money. <laughs> uh, this <laughs> is a nineteen seventy nine Porsche nine two four Turbo S two Carrera. Yeah. Carrera. They made thirty seven of these cars. <laughs> this car is important because Enzo Ferrari once passed gas in it. <laughs> <laughs> it famously ran the bus off the road carrying Charles Manson to prison. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I don't know. Like it, Something it just, like that. It'd be some ridiculous, like, super Hollywood. I'm, I'm sure he's got a car like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Jerry Seinfeld is a $1.54 million, This is the Beatle Jeffrey Dahmer used. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, With Porsche badges stuck on it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm rooting well, for Jerry keep, in this. keep keeping us apprised on this one. I'll be curious to hear what actually comes of it to see if Fika Frio is just full of it. Or like I, maybe I, the person that vetted it and said that the conversion happened or something like that wasn't legitimate. 
Yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but it seems like if they filed a lawsuit against Jerry Seinfeld, they probably have some reason to believe that it was converted. I think, you know what I think, realistically, I think that whoever they had inspect the car doesn't know what he's talking about. He's probably just like an old, like a classic car enthusiast kind of guy, just generally. Hmm. Like, his previous car he's inspecting is like a Ferrari 250 and doesn't know... Like what makes them different? I mean, right. that's entirely possible, right? And I mean, especially when you're dealing with really subtle nuances like that—the yeah. GSGT Spider Carrera, yeah. whatever the crap it was—that's one of those really subtle nuances that makes a big, huge deal. Well, yeah, for the the actual people that are buying and selling these cars, it makes all the difference. Yeah, so I, I get that. Anyway, Burger, tell me about Polar Run. Okay, so. I mentioned briefly at the beginning of this episode that the reason why there weren't two last week was because I was gone on the Polar Run. And I don't know if we covered this on Motor Cult before, because I think we started the podcast after Polar Run happened last year. Didn't we? I think when um, uh, Tyler was on. That was Cannonball. Oh, it was Cannonball. We probably briefly touched on the existence I, I th- of Polar Run. I think you did, yeah. <clears throat> either way, so Corey and I, the sound engineer, went on Polar Run. I think this is the fifth year of the event occurring, and it's the fifth year we've gone. Um, we took the FJ. If you're wondering what we did, we went to the zoo and watched a red panda taking a nap. It was so cute. But continue. <laughs> anyway, continue. Its little feeties were dangling off the tree, and it was twitching. A lot like Modi. It was cute. Oh, you guys are fascinating. Okay, well, I'm glad you had a good time at the zoo. Um, for the most part, we had a good time in the Polar Run. Uh, it's a checkpoint-based road rally that raises funds for charity. Um, we change up the destination every year. I wish we didn't, because the first two years we went to the North Shore of which Minnesota, great. Yeah. which is fabulous, beautiful, close, and you know, pretty much within AAA tow distance yeah. of the cities, so that's all really good stuff. Um, year number three, we went to a... Jewish kids summer camp that was super duper duper creepy <laughs> in uh, a really garbage yeah, five series. You, you don't want to go to camp in the middle if you're of the Jewish. winter. Oh, it's bad. It, it's really bad. So the Pearlstein in the you, Wisconsin Dells. Go look that up, viewers. Did, did, did you pick up on what I was putting down there? You don't want to go to camp if you're Jewish? Yeah, no, I, I get it. it was like a whole Holocaust thing. That was, I'm Jewish, by the way. So if anyway, you're new to this, so our, it's not insensitive. <laughs> so it was so bad um, that we actually went on hotel tonight and booked a nearby hotel Ooh. and stayed there the entire weekend, which had like a hot tub and continental breakfast. It was great. How was it this time, though? Uh, this time, actually pretty good. Uh, I want to talk briefly on year number four. Which oh, we did oh, there's the no, this is This, is, this yeah. is the fifth year of it. It is, yep. So year four, we went to Minocqua, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which is just crappy upper northern eastern Wisconsin. The reason why we went there is because the rally organizer got engaged there very recently before then. And I think they were just up in that area anyway, like, we should just do the rally up here or something like that. So it was fine, but the internet was ass. The roads were terrible. Just nothing to look at. This year, it was about an hour further east in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan that we ended up in Munising, I think it was. It was fine. We had really good hotel internet until we killed it by watching too much Twitch and playing games on it. Um, That's pretty funny, actually. But on the way back, the uh, FJ, uh, the alternator died. So we got 40 minutes into our what was it, six and a half hour drive home or something like that, and in the middle of the night at like, I guess it was 6 30 in the morning yeah in the middle of rural upper peninsula of michigan 
the battery light comes on on the dash of the FJ. Yeah, we need the headlights and we have almost no cell service. So we find that there is an auto parts store. Actually, there's a few in a town about 40 minutes away on the way. So hmm. we made it on nothing but battery. No. Thank goodness I put any battery in the truck beforehand. Yeah, really? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we actually ended up going to, an, uh, I think it was an advanced auto parts, which was listed as opening at 7 a.m., which we're like, okay, that's 30 minutes. We'll wait, see if they have an alternator. While we're sitting there in the parking lot with the engine running with the lights off for heat, because it was like 9 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, Corey notices... <laughs> On the window in front of us, it says closed Sundays, and it was a Sunday morning. So Google lied to us there. Uh, Get back on the Google, uh, find another auto parts store. There are, I think there's two Napa's that open at 10, and then there's an O'Reilly's that opens at 8, which is an hour and just over an hour and a half from where we were right then. You were trying to drive that on that battery? After we had just idled for like 15 minutes in the parking lot, too. So we we make it there on the battery. You made it to the O'Reilly's. Yeah, we made it to the O'Reilly on that other battery. Wow, that's a the, lot. That battery is... <laughs> it was a, a brand new AGM. I mean, it was a big boy, so... That's an I awesome get a, battery. What brand was that, by the Panasonic. way? Panasonic. It's a Panasonic. <laughs> so, there you go, guys. If you want a really skookum car battery, get a <laughs> that, Panasonic yeah, AGM. Jesus. Because <laughs> it, it lasted like an hour with the lights on, with the engine running. With that's no amazing. alternator. That's absolutely phenomenal. So, we get to this O'Reilly parking lot... Um, Key the thing off, lock it, walk next door to the McDonald's, get coffee to stay warm because yeah. running the car to you know get heat or whatever is obviously taking quite a bit of power on our already pretty unknown battery. Hour later, we walk inside, get up to the counter, and these guys are like, what can we do for you? <clears throat> I need an alternator for a 2007 Toyota FJ Cruiser, a 2008 Toyota 4Runner, or a 2008 Toyota Tacoma. Okay. They look up all three. None. Like, we don't get a lot of Toyotas around here. These are all special order. We just look at each other because the whole Upper Peninsula, like 30% of the vehicles we saw were Tacomas or FJs. There's, I think there's a Tundra in the parking lot. Yeah. The only vehicles we could see at the time were Toyotas. And the guy <laughs> just told us, like, bold face, like, oh, we don't get a lot of Toyotas here. I'm just like, well. What? <laughs> so my next question was, okay. So, so you... I, I figured out what happened to this battery, actually. Okay. You went through a hole in the space-time continuum, and the year was actually 1978. <laughs> That's what happened. And Elaborate. That's what, that, I don't well, understand. You had to arrive to a point back in time before Toyotas were relatively oh, commonplace geez. in the Upper Peninsula, obviously. So what you were, what, where you were was 1978. But when you were oh, looking out the, the window... It was still 2019, and that's what happened, is you had actually gone back in time. I don't think that's entirely true, but I have no proof that it didn't happen. Yeah, because it's the only, only logical explanation when they say we don't get that many Toyotas here. Because that, that's just a bold face. How do you not get that many? It's literally the best-selling brand. I think we drove past a house with, like, two or three FJ cruisers. Yeah, they had two FJs sitting in their driveway. So, all right, let's just kind of look at these statistics here. When they say that they don't, they don't see that many Toyotas. The Toyota Corolla is, is like, the most, the largest total number of cars ever sold. Yeah, I believe that. As a Toyota Corolla, between all of its generations. Um... The Toyota Tacoma is the best-selling small pickup ever, and I think it's only behind, like, the F-150, because the F-150's been around for, like, four times as long. Right. So, 
that's just not true. And again, <laughs> this is a rural area where reliability matters, and everyone's got a truck. And everybody's got yeah. You everyone's got a taco. Yeah, because it's the most reliable vehicle of all time. <clears throat> Pretty much. And maybe Which... actually, one second, we just we just answered our own question. That's why we don't. That's why they don't see, they don't have parts. They don't need it. They've never sold an alternator They've for a one Never needed it. Yeah, it's and just again, like it doesn't break. It's pretty much true because like the FJ had two hundred and six k on it when this happened. Original alternator. So like I get it. That's way past an expected yeah. lifetime for an alternator. But the alternator in my old Forerunner lasted longer than that. Well, maybe the previous owner just like abused it. Maybe like, it's just. It had a dead battery in it its entire life. That could be. And the fact that I had like just done a new battery, but it failed awfully suddenly. But anyway, we're talking to this dude. No battery. So we're just sitting there sipping on their coffee, Googling. The lady that was working there. No alternator. There, you mean? What did I say? Battery. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No mm-hmm. alternator. Um, the lady working on the other side of the store was like listening to all this. And apparently had started searching other stores. Like Green Bay's got one. So we get on the phone. Google it. It's like 125 miles away. Uh, <sighs> and it's not really on the way, but it's kind of not out of the way. So You can make it happen. Bought a wrench and two car batteries for the FJ, which they had in stock. Were they also AGM? They were not. Conventional oh. lead acid. So I bought two of them. Okay. So I figure if we got 40 miles on an AGM with the lights on, it's now daylight. So we yeah. don't need lights. We can run without the blower motor. It'll be fine. Yeah. So... Bolt in one of the batteries, throw the other one in the trunk, which still had 11.5 volts. It still started the FJ, mm. but, you know, it probably totally smoked. It's actually sitting down there right now. I haven't even put it back in. The... It's still running on the one we got in the <laughs> UP of Michigan. <laughs> All right. But anyway, uh, we ended up making the 125 miles That's with awesome. one battery. Oh, That's nice. really cool. So we got down there. What did you do with the spare? I returned it. Oh. I was just about to ask, did you return it? <laughs> Luckily, they let us. I asked is the guy, it, like... What, what, what group size is it? 35 or 27? Uh, whatever huge enormous is. Oh, so it's, 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 like not, it's not like your normal one. Okay. No. Not, no. Oh, that's why it worked. It, it has like a train 120 minute reserve capacity. Good Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's that. I think that's why it, it worked fine. And the guy, we were telling him about the story picking up the alternator in Green Bay. He's like, hey, the alternator must have been working a little bit. You know, I wouldn't have made it that distance. We're like, I didn't have the heart to tell him. Like, we had it tested at the first O'Reilly, and it's like dead, dead. Yeah. Like, engine running 11.5 volts. Like, ain't no alternator there, bud. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so this off-the-shelf battery, cheapo, that, you know, who knows how long I've been sitting there, had enough charge to get us... There's a train coming by. 120 miles. Choo-choo. Yeah, that's a loud choo-choo. But anyway, yeah. Would we, you say that's <clears throat> choochin? It is choochin. It's a skookum choochin. <laughs> And when we got down there, um, I actually asked for the Forerunner alternator first because it's the same size, the same price, and it's 130 amps instead of 100. I was like, we don't have that. I'm like, shoot, fine. Uh, do you have one for a Tacoma? 100 amps, same as the FJ. Nope. I'm like, oh, no. The computer said you had an alternator. I'm like, what about an 07 FJ? It's like, yeah, yeah, I got one of those. I'm like, okay, it's the same. Give me that, please. So we had oh one God. of those in stock somehow. Bought a metric tool kit for like $83, took them out to the parking lot, immediately lost a 10 millimeter deep socket there out you of go. this kit. Perfect. That's <laughs> like... <laughs> the story of everyone's life. Yep. It was just so ironic. Down into it, just like it, it, you popped it out, no, like, and flew over your shoulder, like it, went down a well. <laughs> it wasn't even that, because I did that. And, like I dropped like seven sockets and they all went through the engine bay. 
But I had the 10 mil deep on my quarter inch ratchet. I set it on the battery when I was taking off a heat shield. I pick up the socket wrench. The socket is gone. <laughs> no noise, no nothing. A bird took Somehow it. Somehow it unlocked it from my ratchet and flew away. So <laughs> I have a complete metric toolkit down there without a 10 mil deep. Who knows? I don't, it's probably still in the FJ somewhere. It's now but... worth precisely $0. <laughs> so I get it changed out in a half hour in the parking lot, pouring snow. Corey's freezing to death because he just rooted around in the snow looking for sockets for like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> uh, go inside, return the core. Things charging just fine. Fuel up and head home pretty uneventfully. But I think we passed 137 cars. And the side I of think it was more than that. So just because the left lane wasn't plowed and everyone speaking, was in conga lines in the right lane. Speaking of um, 4x4s with yes. V6s and manual transmissions. Yes. I've been thinking I want a 4x4. Okay. I think I found the 4x4 that I want. It's very hard to find, though. Am I even prepared for this? No, it's you're not. Is it? No, it's not. Oh. I want to fi- try and find a rust-free first-gen MPV. I, that might be possible. I think that'd be like that'd be perfect because I, I have a Mazda Five for my daily. This would be the original version of the Mazda Five, <laughs> uh, and it'd be cool as hell. Like, what's cooler than a four x four manual V six rear wheel drive biased minivan? Like nothing. That's Literally, pretty cool. That's yeah. like the coolest thing. <laughs> like you can't beat that. I did not know they offered them with the V six manual and four wheel drive all at once. Yes, you can get that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, pretty cool. Be pretty. Pretty cool. Because it's, it's just the same drivetrain as, like, the whatever the V6 version of the, the – I think the B2600 was the V6 pickup. It's it's a longitudinal – Yeah, it's rear-wheel drive. Like, they're really so cool. So it has, like, a transfer case and stuff in it? Yeah. It's, like, it's literally, like, a big, hairy, off-road four-wheel drive Weird. system. <laughs> okay, that's pretty – yeah, you should get one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, a super cool truck. It's going to be hard to find an all-wheel drive one that's clean, though. Well, my friend Tyler showed me one that was an automatic V6 all-wheel drive. Hmm. That would be pretty cool. Mm, but it, no. was, it was just super crusty. No. But it was also $300. Yeah, that's the thing. It needs to be manual. That's my thing. <laughs> and if it's, but quirky. I do like the quirky. But the thing is it has to be a four-wheel drive because it's a two-wheel drive. I, I will be tempted to lower it and put it on BBSs and tint the windows <laughs> and make it in the Bismarckies and BB they used to have. But anyway, uh, speaking of Mazda, uh, and I want to talk Good about uh, some news actually from Japanese Nostalgic Car. If you can throw up uh, the link, uh, this I is can throw up. the greatest website on the internet if you are interested there in collecting. There are no biases at Jap- all. It, if you are interested at all in collecting Japanese cars, this is the place to go. Anyway. So, uh, after 35 years, this long-lost RX-7 Le Mans race car was found, like, in a barn or something. Um, it had been, like, lost to history, like, for the longest time. Um, they have a picture of it. It was originally a black and gold uh, Jun uh, liveried car. Jun is a very famous uh, tuning company in Japan. Hmm. Um, but, uh, no, it, it's actually really cool because this car didn't win anything at all. Like, it just actually didn't, it did totally okay. However, <laughs> this is a completely average car. However, this car was a massive, massive improvement to what eventually became the 787B. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, because this was, this was the last Mazda Le Mans car with a rotary in it where they tried to do it on a production car chassis. And it was actually the production car chassis that let the car down, not, not anything else. <laughs> um, so that's what the issue was. So once they 
just once they got this car and they went, oh my god, that that's a this is the car that gave Mazda the kick in the ass to make the 787B. Okay. Uh, and I think that's just kind of the coolest thing in the world. Uh, if you can scroll down a little bit, um, Mazda's always had a, a history of it. But, I mean, it's a, actually, like, as a car, it's, like, a really dope, like, wide-body, kind of like a Bosuzoku car. I'd, like, it's super cool. With like the, the, the Dorito in the front and Mazda Speed? That looks like a way older picture than Mazda Speed. No, Mazda Speed's been around. That's been Mazda's, like, tuning thing since, like, the late 70s. Huh. Yeah. I so. Yeah, they've been around forever. Um, TIL. First time I ever saw that was on the Mazda Speed Protégé right after the MP3. Oh, yeah. No, the, the 77B was a Mazda Speed. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It says Mazda Speed all over it. But uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, you can see the direct. Look at that. You can see the direct uh, history. But it's. Yeah, that FDE. It's really, really cool. Uh, and that's actually the Mazda Speed body kit for the FDE. That, I love those That wheels. mirrored those, uh, a lot of this car. Um, those wheels are beautiful. But in Japan, though, this car is even more important. J- J-A-Pan. Yeah, in J- J-A-Pan. Um, speaking of Bosuzoku cars, uh, honey, look, they painted it pink. Pink. Um, <laughs> in, in, J- in Japan, um, in Bosuzoku culture, they, that's where they have like the ridiculous exhaust yep. and the crazy body kits. Yeah. Uh, people say these body kits look ridiculous on streetcars. Well, that's where it came from. Like... Every time they did those body kits where it's like crazy, gigantic, like blister fenders, they were replicating a real race car. So um, this car was actually hugely important for influencing uh, Shakatan Bosuzoku culture, which is pretty cool. Influencing? Influenza-ing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, the, yeah, there's one that was destroyed in a crash and this particular one is the last known one. So it's Whoops. Pr- pretty big deal. Um, very, very cool to see that this car exists. I'm really happy that it exists as well because this is just like the coolest shit in the world. <laughs> like, I love it. I, I have a soft spot for 80s, like, homologation race cars. Oh, yeah. Like, I love these, like, 8-inch, like, Pia truck lights that they put behind <laughs> these, like, plexiglass dishes into the oh man it's just I, so cool. I like the louvers on the hood like that yeah. the actual scalloped hood they had uh they had one machine for scallop dyes and they just used it a bunch yeah oh dude, I on love, everything i love scalloped hoods i want to i want to do that to blubski because it needs it really bad yeah i'm gonna do that i'm on the subaru once i get everything sorted out so i'm gonna scalp the hood over the turbocharger gotta love hot engines exactly but it looks cool as hell anyway i, I do really like old cars but that's fascinating that they actually use like a projection chassis car before and directly before yeah. something like the 787B. Oh, oh, and that's the thing is like that's like you can obviously tell they just added like a ton of aluminum onto a factory car. Yeah, just like, to accommodate like five times wider wheels. Oh yeah, these wheels were like insane. Like if you look at those wheels, they are like fifteen by fifteen square wheels. Look at this thing; it still has the five lug hubs on it. It's yeah, not even it a does. center lock car. Yeah, it's literally just a production <laughs> car. It's super cool. <laughs> Also, that's another thing that needs to make it come back is square wheel sizes. <laughs> yeah. Or over square. <laughs> wider than it is. Uh, tall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wider than it is in diameter. It's width, yeah, it's which is, width is larger than its diameter. That's one of my favorite things about like... Old like, F1 wheels and stuff. Or yeah, like old Krolls and stuff. Is I used to know a guy up here. He had uh, 13 by 15 inch wheels on his Krolla. They were so Can ridiculous. Can you imagine finding tires for something like he that? He had to run is? Hoosier Racing Slicks. 
<laughs> That's the only tire that fit that wheel anymore. Those aren't even road legal for the no, most part. No, they're not. But um, <laughs> no, now in Japan, there's actually a Yokohama, uh, their Advan line, they're bringing back some of those tires. And then I think Sumitomo, <laughs> amazingly. Uh, and Avon. And Avon, yeah. Those three brands, I think, have a tire that fits a over square, like 13 inch wheel, which is like my favorite thing in the world. But um, no, they would, they would do this um, where they do it over square because the production mm-hmm. cars were meant to have a smaller wheel on it. But when they go out racing, of course, you can't go any larger. So you just gr- grow out. Right. And then the interesting thing with the brakes, though, they would do with that because you're now, you're, you're now limited to having a 13-inch wheel. Yeah. You have these, like, super, like, thick, like, brakes. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of getting taller, they get wider right. to dissipate heat and or dissipate heat uh, like dissipate. I, I did that again I dissipating what, precipitation yeah dissipate? i don't know I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me it's probably um, a spurgy but no it's um a nascar they ran like twin calipers too yeah nascar still does that yep so i think it's just the coolest thing um i'm really happy that's there and uh it's a huge piece of japanese automotive history that we found so well i'm glad you brought up some positive automotive history because <sighs> We're now, unfortunately, making more negative automotive future history. And that's as best I can set this up. Uh, 40 countries have now gotten together in what I'm calling the UN of automotive regulation. And they're mandating automatic braking in new cars. Why? Because people can't be trusted with driving. So, hang on one second here. Um, How does that work (laughs) with manual transmission? Uh, It will stall the car. Perfect. Well, hopefully many, many people will die, and these politicians will be voted out. Yep. Moving on. Yep, that's uh, it. Now, I want to end our show on a positive note. Good. Let me take uh, this off this the screen so we don't have to look at it. Yes, Jana. <laughs> what right. is something positive that I've you been waiting have to tell us? I've been waiting two freaking weeks to tell you guys this. She found this out immediately after. Yes, the last I found time. this out like last Saturday. Oops. And I'm so excited to share with you. Let me turn that... up again. Are you ready? Yeah. Platypi, lac or instead of lactating like you know normal mammals like with boobs, they sweat milk. There you go. I think Corey does that. (laughs) I think there's a lot of people in the Midwest. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the the platypi or platypi is plural for platypus. Wow. Thank you, Ryan. I did not know. Well, we also, we have a lot of people that aren't, you know, into entomology. That's true. Which I've been researching. Which they will be now. Yeah, they will be. You're welcome, Um, all carbitrage listeners, for learning really interesting facts. So, wait a second. So, they, like, when they're, like, hustling around and they start getting sweaty, milk comes out? Yeah. (laughs) And I I think... I, I mean, I didn't research Corey. this heavily, but um, from what I can assume, I, I assume it's both males and female that do this, because I don't think only one sex of platypi could sweat milk. That Are seems they hermaphroditic? Very... No, um, I think they have pouches that hide them, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a platypi expert, but I, I love animal facts because well i like psyduck so yeah. i'm pretty sure that makes oh me yeah Same exactly thing. Psy- that, so that and means the psyduck you know, I, another fact about the platypi is that i think it's just the males have these spikes on the back of their feet hmm. that are um venomous yes they are yeah. hmm. not, not poison I, they're either poisonous or venomous they're, i don't, so don't pick up a male we platypus. saw that on the irwins and it, it, yes. it is venomous yeah 
Um, so Scary. the platypi, if you ever want to like, like just so find weird, creature. <laughs> the rules of like evolution were just thrown out the window. They were defenestrated. Um, they took the windows the off of them? No, no, they threw them out the window. That's the defenestration. That's the verb is. Oh. Of I know fenestration is windows. Yeah, defenestration. defenestration. Yeah, but in architecture, that means to take out windows. Oh, well, in, in, in everywhere human else, English, yeah, it means it's to remove to throw from windows. Window. Hmm. Yeah, cool. To defenestrate. There's another fun fact. Actually, I think I think the the exact definition of defenestrate is to remove through. What window. about defecate? That, no, uh, that's, that's yeah, that's Modi. Oh. But no, if you uh, defenestrate offal, you're throwing away no, I, I think body parts out the window. De- defenestration, I think, yes. is, is to r- remove via window. <laughs> okay. So it, yeah, you can defenestrate a person. Cool. Teddy Roosevelt threatened to do that. Um, now, for my fun fact that I learned that made me happy this week. Um, when the, when Toyota first came to America, they had some weird naming conventions, like in the 1950s. So they almost named their cars Toyolette <laughs> because that would have been like the MR2 being mailed in French, which yes. means shit. And the Nova, which means don't, doesn't go yes. in Mexico. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, um, it, to, yeah, Toyota had almost named themselves Toyolette because they were trying to come up with a name that's like Toyota but small. So, luckily in the eleventh hour, they came up with Toyo Pet. But uh, I found out that the Toyota Corona, its first name when it first came to America, was the Toyo Pet Tiara, and the reason they called it that it was rare because it was a Toyota made prior to the nineties that didn't have its name start with a C. Because a Tierra is a small crown, and their other car was the full-size Toyota crown, and it was the same thing, but tiny. So I told that to Chan, and she went, aw. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my fun fact that I learned that made me happy this week. What about you, Burger? Uh, I learned that Porsche 901 and Porsche G50 transaxles were offered in both magnesium and aluminum variants. Really? That's actually really cool. Yeah. I imagine those magnesium Or ones. not G50s, uh, uh, 901s and 9. 15 so the the first two five speed that for the porsche for, for the, the 911s, 911s yeah. yeah so the g50s were the they're like the desirable and they're the yeah. really strong ones with the better synchros but they're also not desirable because they're way too heavy yeah those are the ones where they're always specified on branch trailer to have a g50 training right which apparently is better if you have a 3.2 or greater displacement 911 but if you have a smaller displacement early car you want a 915 transaxle because you, you can go. build those because they're like 70 pounds lighter oh my god that's huge yeah g50s are huge and also i learned you can get a four five or six speed g50 that's actually really cool there you go that are the magnesium ones like super and like unaffordable yeah yeah yes. i'd imagine i was uh i was at an old porsche shop in the middle of nowhere helping them with their e30 last night didn't know anything about this place until i showed up awesome people johnson cool. motorsport um, and where, they, where are they located? They're down in Jordan, Minnesota. Okay. But they have probably six dozen Porsche transaxles. Excellent. All really rare ones, and they had just an empty magnesium case. You could lift the thing up like with an angle with one hand. That's amazing. It's like a five-pound case. That's super it's cool. It's just nuts. So anyway, yeah, Porsche transaxles. You do not want a 901, but you can make them okay. The 915, I hope I'm saying that right. There is a middle-generation trans, yeah. trans that's the one you want. Unless um, you got a big power Doc, engine, I'm sure, then get a G50. I'm sure Doc Brown will correct us when he hears this. So. Yeah, I texted, I texted Tom. I'm like, "Do you know about these people?" He's like, "Oh yeah, they've they were they've worked on all my cars." I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, cool, cool, small world." Uh, yeah, we, there you go. Magnesium case transmission. You, you should see if you can get one of them uh, on the podcast. 
be really, I cool. lightly asked, and they didn't respond to it at all. So when he shoots me an email for parts request, I'll ask him again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because they're, um, they're awesome. Yeah, it sounds super cool. Corey, what about you? What did you learn about hentai this week? Yeah. Or what did you learn about random access memory this week? Mm. All right, there we go. All right. Corey learned uh, this week that in Japan, uh, the term for a transgendered female or a ladyboy is a new half. Anyway, there we go. What? (laughs) That's what Corey learned this week. Wait, why do you know that? Why do you know that? You're the one that told me that. Anyway, thank you for listening to Motor Cult. Or not Motor Cult. (laughs) 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 For listening to Carbitrage, that was our old name. Um, We almost made an entire episode without messing anything up. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I ruined it. I ruined the whole episode. I still have to think so hard during the intro. Uh, You forgot to give me a Valentine's Day presents. No, no, I have them. We just sat down and watched Bones all night. Yeah, which so. is also, but he very forgot. romantic. It yes. is very romantic. Now it's a three-day like saga <sighs> of Valentine's Day, because actual Valentine's Day we were at your house, and then we uh, spent. Lazy this night was Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's the fourteenth. Oh, and that's cool. Yesterday we celebrated Valentine's Day by going to Galactic Pizza and having. I uh, sure hope some bone okay. watching. Yes, uh, and then uh, having bone watching. Watching Bones. Um, Bone watching? <laughs> yeah. Bone and now today we're going to have our so gift exchange. Like That's what I tried to say was today we're going to have our gift exchange and we're going to finally have our... so close to yeah. Then we're going to have our three-day Valentine's Day saga. I literally have no idea what's happening most of the time we're recording these episodes. For the no, we're just kind of I'm like an old man. It's like just, a senile old man wandering around a city. <laughs> just <laughs> babbling on about nonsense. Anyway, anyway we'll catch you guys midweek. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Bye.